What if you gave all the poker players the same amount of money at the start of the game? Would they have the same total at the end? If you provided one chicken to everyone on the planet, roughly speaking, one third would have it as the night's meal, others would keep it to get an egg daily, a negligible percentage would make it mate with a rooster to have more chickens. In a few years, this group would have more eggs and chickens, and they would sell the rest to everybody. This group chose not to get impulsive. This group sacrificed the short-term benefit for a long-term gain. The truth of the matter is that some people could sacrifice the here and now for long-term well-being. Others would say, oh, five grand. I'm going to buy me a Gucci bag. Wealth inequality is not a distribution issue entirely. Individual choices and temperament can't be neglected. A one-time reset does not change anything. Wealth distribution may sound like choosing altruism over greed, but there's a lot more to it. This utopian fantasy attracts a lot of people, so let's dig deep into it. Before we entertain the hypothetical question of wealth distribution, a few questions must be answered. You can share your replies in the comment section below. 1. What do you mean by wealth? Do you mean money, all the infrastructure, invested capital, savings, warehouses, land ownership, stocks? A combination of these or something else? 2. Do you want the wealth distribution event as a one-time thing or do you want it to happen regularly? For example, every 10 years. 3. You'd have to sell everyone's assets for the redistribution to happen. But how would you sell them if there are no buyers? If there are buyers, they would become rich from purchasing these assets, which contradicts the goal of making everyone financially equal. Think about it. If you take all the money Apple has and distribute it to people who want to buy an iPhone, the money will go back to Apple. 4. Who would manage this whole event? If the answer is the government, how much do you trust your government? Do you think the government would become highly corrupt, given they would have sole power over everyone's finances? 5. For wealth distribution, you would have to take money from a lot of people. Do you think of it as stealing? You can complain about how a few people became wealthy through inheritance, scams, using capital as leverage, abusing the system, corruption, and so on. But there is a disproportionately huge number of people who have earned their wealth through their talents, solving a problem, hard work, and perseverance, among other factors. Why would you take anyone's possessions, including their past earnings and future investments? Is it ethical, moral, or even legal to take someone's money that you did not work for? Last question. How would you redistribute the wealth without halting the production lines? People think that Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, or other billionaires have their wealth in the form of money or gold put somewhere in a vault, and they can just raid, distribute, and go shopping. This is an absurd understanding of money and economics. Much of the world's wealth is illiquid, meaning it can't easily be converted into cash. Wealth is created by hard work to produce goods and services, which are valued by others. Money is a unit of measurement for this productivity. This number can be changed depending on what people value and devalue. Wealth is not static, and the idea that anyone having X amount of the world's total wealth is a fallacy to begin with. Let's say somehow you were able to seize the world's wealth and distribute it equally among everyone. 
As a result, most people would become poorer all of a sudden. They would lose their cars, houses, savings, retirement, clothes, gadgets, and so on. In return, they would get a fixed amount. This amount can be calculated by the total wealth divided by the total number of people in the world. You are welcome to do this math in the comment section. At the very base of our economic system is the idea of scarcity. There is a limited number of things in this world. Either everyone can't have all the things, or everyone can have them for those things to lose value. So on the very next day after wealth distribution happens, people would have an enormous increment in purchasing power. They would go on a spending spree. They would buy things they could not afford earlier. Store shelves would be cleared off in a few days. But you have taken money from the people who are refilling these stores. So businesses would have insufficient capital to operate. This would keep the stores empty. There would be more buyers compared to the products available. A surge in demand with a tremendous drop in supply. This would result in rampant inflation. Prices would skyrocket and you would see your newly found wealth lose its worth. As you have redistributed the wealth that was earlier a source of capital for industries, warehouses, millions of employees, food, medical, and so on, you would see these sectors go down among many others. The world would come to a halt. Economies around the world would suffer severe disruption, including food production. This would result in mass starvation and deaths. Societies would end up in anarchy and violence. This would degrade the world into situations like every man for himself or survival of the fittest. The world would see an economic collapse and absolute chaos. Addicts would buy what they buy. Some would buy and flaunt things that they have always wanted to purchase. Some would go on to take revenge for which they didn't have resources for earlier. Babies would have the same amount of money as teenagers, young adults, as well as aged people. Farmers wouldn't sow, workers in your favorite food outlet would go on unspecified leave, people who choose to work dangerous jobs would refuse to do so, people who opt for jobs that are comparatively less desired by others would leave. They don't have to work for the minimum wage as they are on equal footing with you. As there would be no oil producing companies, there would be no other industries that require energy. You would have no cars, as they were sold for redistribution. A disproportionately high percentage of people would see no point in contributing to the economy, expecting another wealth distribution event. Incentivizing the lazy and laid back would have serious consequences. There would be no incentive for those who work hard, take risks, and invest. You would see a major decline in entrepreneurship and businesses based on innovative ideas. If indolence is rewarded, why would anyone work? As many people would become lazy, we would see a sharp rise in population. Greed is not going to disappear. The desire to get more than others would still exist. Hence, an increase in the crime rate. In short, everyone would be equally poor, except for the guys with guns. And here's an interesting viewpoint. Since we are distributing it evenly among everyone, most of the wealth would go to the most populated countries, starting from China. In short, countries that have a higher than average income would see depression, mass starvation, and economic collapse. Countries that have a lower than average income would see crazy inflation that would destroy their economies. As soon as people begin to buy anything or trade, inequality would start to breed. For example, you would find a farmer to produce food for your survival, who would ask for the money you have. 
The farmer would need equipment, which he would have to find from somewhere, in exchange for money, and this cycle goes on and on. Over time, big spenders would lose all their money. Those who make money by offering products and services would take that money and grow rich. Eventually, we would drift towards the place where we were before the distribution happened. To a small degree, money would shift hands. A few would be able to get out of the shackles of poverty, but most people would follow the same fate as lottery winners. Some spoiled wealthy kids would become poor, and some smart poor kids would become wealthy. But that would not be the case for everyone. It would still be unevenly distributed, and we would still have poor and wealthy people. And poor would again have disadvantages, while the rich would use the accumulated capital to get even richer. This is explained by the Matthew effect. For everyone who has, more will be given. But from him who has not, even what he has will be taken away. It could take decades to restore the economy to the same level of affluence that was observed before the redistribution. Eventually, people would wake up from this utopian dream, and in a while would probably complain about wealth inequality again. If there was a law enforcing lottery winners to distribute their prizes equally, would anyone sign up in the first place? Wealth acquisition and accumulation is one of the many human motivations. This motivation makes them exercise their physical and intellectual capabilities. Take away wealth and you destroy everything. History shows that the world has witnessed most wars as a result of one group having something the other group wanted be it hunting areas, cattle, water, land, or any other resource the other tribe thought of as valuable. Kings, queens, or any other titles have always been on the agenda for taking over anything precious. The proposition to redistribute wealth is similar, although this particular idea emphasizes the notion of fairness to gain what it wants, rather than force. Friedrich Nietzsche called it slave morality. Similarly, even if you redistribute the wealth, those who feel they should have more than others would wage wars to get what they want. This is all deeply rooted in human psychology. The notion of wealth distribution requires humans to convert into another species with a different thought process, emotions, and patterns. This is going to sound blunt to many people, but the world we live in is not a place where complete equality could exist. There are plenty of reasons for that, including, but not limited to, the vast individual differences, temperament, and choices that manifest in our actions. If you look deeper into human psychology, you would come across the idea that humans are not made for complete security and utopia. We need a specific amount of security, but at the same time, we also like to explore what's unknown to us, which is anything but secure. People who preach wealth distribution act as though they are on a moral high ground, offering permanent security and economic prosperity like you would live happily ever after, like the end of some Disney movie. First of all, this never happened to any society where such principles were practiced. Secondly, even if it could go smoothly, humans would still create some kind of mess and look for some chaos or try to go into the unknown, because that's who we are. This is beautifully explained by Fyodor Dostoevsky in Notes from Underground with his cake theory. Wealth distribution was tried throughout history under different names with different suffixes, and remained a colossal failure economically and politically, as well as morally. 
You can call it communism or whatever. But whenever equality of results was forced on people in the name of revolution, the affluent people were killed. Kulaks in Ukraine was an example. If you want to see a recent example, take Zimbabwe's land reforms, which resulted in economic turmoil, taking the country from a progressing economy to a failed state with hyperinflation and starvation. Apologists keep on coming up with made-up excuses for how this was not the case. Zimbabwe was left with no currency to its own. Another issue wealth distribution would create is the decline of individual responsibility. People would expect more wealth distribution events instead of remembering that you put the food on your table. A sort of arrogance would be instilled in people's minds, making them unwilling to work for another person. Why should I work for you? would be a trending question. If everyone has the same amount of wealth, it actually won't matter anymore. Things that everyone is capable of buying are not worth mentioning. For example, in an advanced Western country, no one mentions having running water or a toilet because all of them have it. You are only rich when others are not. In simpler words, being rich is a relative thing. When everyone's rich, nobody is rich anymore. Humans will always find ways to distinguish themselves from their fellow beings. They will find new standards of rich and poor. The wealth would revert unequally according to the Pareto Principle named after economist Vilfredo Pareto, which specifies that 80% of results come from 20% of the causes. It asserts an unequal relationship between inputs and outputs. For example, 20% of criminals commit 80% of crimes. 20% of employees are responsible for 80% of the results. 20% of the population owns 80% of the wealth, and so on. The Pareto Principle, also known as the 80-20 rule, is a distribution of natural form. Totalitarianism is the only way to keep the distribution anything but natural. In the end, Pareto reasserts itself. Modern societies do have redistribution mechanisms in the form of welfare systems for people who require immediate assistance. We also have charities that allow people to share wealth voluntarily. We should continue to provide more tools to everyone so they can create more wealth, and also make people financially literate so they can make better money decisions to manage and grow their wealth. If this continues to happen, eventually we will see solutions offering comfortable living standards to everyone so the disparity takes its course in a way that surplus wealth does not unfavorably affect others. Let's celebrate how the world has grown its wealth in the last few centuries. Let's acknowledge how we are continuing to lower poverty rates around the world. Let's cherish what we have and remember, if you are on the same boat as everyone else, enjoy sailing. We hope you've enjoyed the video. We will try and reply to everyone in the comment section. Please like, subscribe, and share to support the channel.